We live in a world where different thoughts, religions, and beliefs exist. Where we can create a new religion if we want it. And for that, in this new cultural program, me, Maite, with Lucas, we are going to talk about sects and cults. Because if you thought cults were a thing of the past, think again. Nowadays, there still are several sects active. We cannot say a specific number because they don't catalog such a dangerous sect. In this program, we are going to try to talk about some of the most famous sects in the world, such as Charles Manson and his crimes, Children of God, People's Temple, etc. But first of all, I throw these questions into the air because I am the first to use both words But I know there is a difference between the two. What is a cult? What is a sect? That depends on who you ask. Cult. Great devotion to a person, idea, object, movement, or work. A religion regarded as unorthodox or spurious. A religious group, often living together, whose beliefs are considered strange or strange by many people. A system of religious belief, especially one not recognized as an established religion, or the people who worship according to a, such a system of belief. An sect is a religious group that has separated from a larger religion and is considered to have a strange or unusual beliefs or customs. A religious group with beliefs that make it different from a larger or more established religion it has separated from. Or a sect is also a small group of people who share a particular set of political beliefs. These are unofficial meanings from Cambridge Dictionary. But what is the difference between cult and sect? I can't find the biggest difference. For me, it's the same. But can you eat, Lucas? At least I will try to enlighten you and the people who don't really know the difference. Even me, before doing this program, I didn't really know the difference between sect and cult. I was thinking that maybe it was the same thing, but just a different name. But mm -hmm. actually, it's a bit different. So the word sect comes from the Latin word secta, which means school of thought. It is a subjective term that may apply to a religious faith or denomination, or it may refer to a heretical splinter group. Sometimes the connotation is one of disapproval, though there are no consistent or accepted examples to use to identify a sect. Sects are found in all religions. Islam has Sunnis and Shias. I don't know if I will pronounce the very well. Um, in Judaism, there is Orthodox and Karaites. In Hinduism, there is Shiaism and Shaktism. And in Christianity, there is Baptist and Lutherans. These are all examples of religious sects, and they can be thought as branches of different religions. There are also non-religious sects, such as capitalists and socialists among economists, or Freudians and Jungians among psychiatrists. In contradistinction, the word cult always carries a negative connotation. There are specific criteria used to identify a cult. In combating cult mind control, the deprogrammer Stephen Hassan 
single house that he refers to a destructive cult, which he defines as a pyramid-shaped authoritarian regime with a person or group of people that have dictatorial control. It uses deception in recruiting new members, and people are not told up front what the group is, what the group actually believes, and what will be expected of them if they become members. Hassan also correctly points out that cults are not only religious, they may also be commercial or secular in nature. And this man, so Stephen Hassan, developed the BITE acronym, so B-I-T-E, which describes the components employed by destructive cults using mind control. Yeah, it's hard to, like, um, Stephen Hassan is the programmer, but brain of people, the programmer. It's like, what are you doing? I'm the programmer, people, the programmer. Yeah, it's just like this, it's weird, it doesn't really exist, <laughs> but... I think the, these points in this acronym that he develops are very mm -hmm. interesting to understand a little bit more mind mm -hmm. control. So the B is for behavior control. So an individual's association, living arrangement, food, clothing, sleeping habits, finances, etc. are strictly controlled. Um, the I is for information control. So cult leaders deliberately withhold or distort information, lie, propagandize, and limit access to other sources of information. The T is for thought control, because cult leaders use loaded words and language, discourage critical thinking, bar any speech critical of cult leaders or policies, and each and us versus them doctrine. And finally, the E is for emotional control. So leaders manipulate their followers via fear, including the fear of losing salvation, fear of shunning, etc., guilt and indoctrination. I think that is the most important control with information because the leaders manipulate people with this kind of information. And for that, I think everybody could be... Um, part of a sect if they find your deeper information yeah, or something because, like that. Yeah, because in this case, we are using emotional, mm -hmm. so emotions, and emotions are really powerful, I mm -hmm. think. So, yeah, like you said, if someone finds our deepest weaknesses, they can use them to control us. And I think, yeah, that's one of the points, unfortunately. But yes. I think at least be aware of that it exists. It's already something to have, well, critical thinking. And critical thinking is one thing that they try to avoid. Yeah. This part, it was about sect. And now, what's a cult? Yeah, so finally, what's a cult? So when people hear the word cult, they often think that a group of that worships Satan, sacrifices animals, or takes part in evil, bizarre, and pagan rituals. Mm -hmm. However, in reality, a cult rarely involves such things. In fact, a cult is simply a religious system with particular rites and customs. In modern English, a cult is a social group that is defined by its unusual religious, spiritual, or philosophical beliefs or by its common interest in a particular personality, object, or goal. This sense of the term is controversial, having different divergent definitions both in popular culture and academia. 
and has also been an ongoing source of contention among scholars across several fields of study. The word cult is usually considered pejorative, like I said before. But another sense of the word cult involves a set of religious devotional practices that are conventional within their culture and that are related to a particular figure and are often associated with a particular place. References to the cult of a particular Catholic saint or the imperial cult of ancient Rome, for example, use this sense of the word. But while the literal and original sense of the word remains in use in the English language, a derived sense of excessive devotion arose in the 19th century. Beginning in the 1930s, cults became the object of sociological study in the context of the study of religious behavior. And since the 1940s, the Christian counter-cult movement has opposed some sects and new religious movements, labeling them cults because of their unorthodox beliefs. Since the 1970s, the secular anti-cult movement has opposed certain groups and in reaction to acts of violence which have been committed by some of their members, it has frequently charged them with practicing mind control, again, Mm-hmm. And scholars and the media have disputed some of the claims and actions of anti-cult movements, leading them to further public controversy. So, to resume, I think, what's a cult? Well, we don't really have a precise definition because even for the experts, sometimes they have different versions of what's a cult. But basically, it's similar to a sect, I think, and it's a group of people who have the same behavior, for example, reduce or not? Yes, I think it's this, maybe the difference. Sometimes a cult don't need to be a thing with religion part or something like that. And maybe sect is more um, a religion thing, maybe. For me, listeners, is the same. Sect, cult. This program is about cult, sects. And I have different examples about scariest cult stories of all time. You don't need to know much about true crime to know the name Charles Manson. Do you know him? Uh, no. Don't you know Charles Manson? Really? Well, maybe the name is saying something to me, but no, I don't really know. Just in case, if you are like Lucas, I am here to remind you of this scary but real story. Manson started his group in San Francisco in 1967 and later that year moved to Los Angeles, where he tried and failed to establish himself as a musician. Manson became obsessed with the Beatles song Helter Skelter and started using the term to describe a race war between black and white people um, because he believed would usher in the apocalypse. And in August 1969, he sent a group of his followers to a house in Benedict Canyon in Los Angeles and told them to kill everyone inside. The victims include actress Sharon Tate, then married to Roman Polanski, and celebrity hairdresser Jay Sebring. The next night, Manson followers murdered Rosemary Aleno Labianca at their home in Los Feliz. Some people believe Manson ordered the murders because he thought it would k- 
his helter skelter concept. While other things he believed the Tate House still belonged to a music producer who refused to give him a record deal. Can you imagine? You sent to kill people because you want to be a musician and someone doesn't believe in you or something like that. It's a crazy thing. Yeah, that and also for me the fact that he sent some of his followers. So it means that he had some followers who were ready to kill people for him. Yes, and in, in this time uh, Charles Manson uh, was in the jail. And for that, other people claim that the murders were the Manson families attempt at, at copycat murders designed to get Manson out of jail. Like, ah, oh, he's in the jail. Uh, other people uh, kill these victims. Yeah. It's not his fault, blah, blah, blah. No matter the motive, thought, commenters at the time saw the murders as the official end of the 1960s culture of free love because in this decade it was a hippie decade love free love make a love no war blah 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 in the united states charles manson has been mythologized as an emblem of madness violence and the macabre he had a tattoo with the sign of nazi in her forehead and if you see if you see a picture about him is to the, it's a perfect description about madness. It's so scary. And Lucas, if I say people's temple, do you know what is it? No, right? No. Maybe your listeners know about the Jonestown massacre incident where 918 people died in 1978 in Guyana. Until the September 11th attacks, the tragedy in Jonestown of November 18, 1978, represents the largest number of American civilian casualties in a single non-natural event. It is unfathomable now, as it was then, that more than 1,900 Americans, members of a San Francisco-based religious group called the People's Temple, died after drinking poison at the arguing of their leader, the Reverend Jim Jones, in a secluded South American jungle settlement. They were living in a in the middle of nowhere, in a, in the middle of the forest, in I think in the north of Venezuela, in Guyana, and they die the same day, the same hour. Can you imagine uh, you found find nine hundreds of people yeah, yeah, I read about this, I remember now, or yesterday, when I was preparing this program. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this community was, at the beginning, a uh, good thing, uh, because in this community, in these years, they live all together, black people and white people, and it, for these years, it, were, it wasn't the normal. And people follow this community for the, that reason. But, you know, the the things changed, follow the years. And the story of Jonestown begins with Jones, a white minister who preached unconventional socialist and progressive ideas to a predominantly Afri African-American congregation. And the height of it is popularity during the 1970s. The temple has a membership estimate in the thousands and was courted by local politicians 
in San Francisco, including Harvey Milk. They, in the community, they have uh, important people. And this man, Harvey Milk, was an American politician and activist who became the first openly gay man to be elected to public office in the United States as a member of the San Francisco Board of Supervisors in 1977. In this same year, 1977, Jones had grown paranoid from the media scrutiny over the temple's suspicious activities. So he and his numerous followers moved to an agricultural uh, settlement in Guyana, the remote country east of Venezuela. He was obsessed with a lot of things because he took drugs. His followers didn't know that, but he take, uh, took drugs and for that he was paranoid. And for this reason, he decided to move his community from USA to Venezuela and um, because people start to speak about his not good reasons. Yeah, I read also about mm -hmm. this. The authorities began to search more information yes. about him and his group of followers. And it seems that uh, they have found that it was not as good as it mm -hmm. was pretended to be. So, yeah, he moved to Venezuela. Yeah, and when she, uh, he moved to Venezuela, um, USA Congressman Leo Ryan to visit Jonstaff in November 1978 to check the settlement. And after checking out the settlement, Ryan was shot to death along with four other people by temple gunmen at an art strip. Following these, those murders, Jones commanded his followers to drink cyanide lace punch, starting with the children first. In all, there were over 900 who died in Jonestown, including Jim Jones, who was found dead of a gunshot wound to the head. There is a speculation that he may have taken his own life or that his nurse anymore fatally shot him before she killed herself in the same manner. Who knows? I can imagine uh, one person decide to check this kind of community because she suspects. And Leo Ryan traveled with family to members And when after we uh, he saw the community and he come back to USA, he was shot with other four people. And it's like, okay, if you don't have any to hide, why do you have that? Yeah, and I also saw about this affair. I think I'm pretty sure it was about this. But uh, the most horrible thing about this. And that it exists today, uh, record, I don't remember the numbers of minutes, but I think at least 45 minutes mm -hmm. of record of uh, when we can hear all the people who are dying mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, the children who are crying and all that stuff during uh, like almost one yes. hour. They told that we can't just this kind of people because they... They follow good ideals, and they it's it's hard to explain, but for uh, on one hand, I understand that they want to to say 
because people like me or like you, mm, we can say, oh my God, people are crazy. How you permit one person say you, okay, drink this poison and in an hour you are dead. It's crazy. But if you are in a community and you you have uh, strong beliefs, and today people in USA use the phrase drinking the cool aid in reference this this massacre but is they use this phrase when they uh, refer people blinding and foolishly follow something like they are blind and they are very believers or something like that yeah they are, they are not thinking critically they are just mm -hmm. following something someone yes blindly when the police officers or the people found these cadavers in the forest, at least two fairway notes were left behind at Johnstown, including an unsigned letter that is often attributed to Richard Drop, a teacher and writer for the temple. That letter eloquently explained why it was necessary for the temple members to commit suicide and that Jim Jones didn't order the attack on Congressman Ryan and his party. And the letter concludes with that. If nobody understands, it matters not. I am ready to die now. Darkness settles over Jonestown on its last day on earth. Like at the first and the last minute, people in people's temple are followers to John Jones. But who is Jim Jones? He was a preacher, racial and social equality, but with time he turned evil. I think the powers turn everybody, everybody a little yeah. crazy or a little evil. Yeah, I spoke about this when I have done a program that will be on held later, a French program, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And when I talked about the Younger Games, and the writer, Suzanne Collins, uh, explains why she wrote this book and mm -hmm. what are the messages behind. And uh, at the end, it's some of his conclusion, for example, for the political stuff, because in the Hunger Games, we we can see example of democracy of mm -hmm. di dictature and uh, in this book there is uh, good and bad things for either regime and mm -hmm. so at the end the conclusion is that nothing is perfect and that the main problem is the human being because there will be always some people who will have power or try to mm -hmm. keep the power or to have more power and It's, if it's a democracy or not, it will be the same. It will be not good at the end. So I think it's quite related. Yes, it's quite related because, I don't know, when people close to Jim Jones say that he always was obsessed with power and I know he was fascinated with Hitler's suicide. And when he was young, um, he made great things. And for them, it wasn't strange to to know about this kind of massive suicide or from Jim Jones. But, you know, I think sometimes people create 
a community with at the beginning good things, but when they have more and more power and they feel they're pay- powerful, the thing changes and it's like the Hunger Games. When you have power, you need more and more and more and you don't think to the others, you think by yourself. Yeah, and you will do everything to keep the yes. power. And sometimes the leaders are selfish and I need this kind of people follow him or her and it's difficult. For me it's difficult because I'm not this kind of person but there are a lot. Not everybody make a sect or cult but we <laughs> we can meet people with this personality. Yeah. I, I think if it's not that far but simply for example um, political opinions if we have very <laughs> strong political opinions about a subject, it's not a sect mm-hmm. because nobody, well, I don't know. But um, I think for, for the ideas, if we strongly believe something, for for this thing, it's the same. I mean, if we strongly believe something, maybe we can understand better how people can believe in someone, for example, because exactly. we believe in ideas, but mm-hmm. people maybe believe in people yes for example the memberships of people temples believes in his community because the years are were hard between black people and white people and they had a lot of difference and in this community they live all together and for that i think they uh, jim jones had a lot of followers yeah, for I'm these ideals but when he was obsessed with paranoias about... Because Jim Jones read, read an article about which territories uh, are the better to survive or something like that. And he decided to move or, uh, his community for that because he was paranoid. And I think it was the beginning of the change. And people, the memberships, didn't know about his crazy thoughts. Yeah, that's the thing, because at the beginning it was, well, Jim Jones had good intentions. And so it's quite understandable that had followed him because of his idea. And yeah, maybe they were thinking that he was the one that could save us from a war between white and black people, for example. And maybe they didn't see him change. Yes. And so maybe they just wanted him to be the same that before. Mm-hmm. They, so they didn't realize that he has changed. And unfortunately, it leads Yes, them. exactly. Because these members were working for the community. And they their lives, they need to... Sometimes members um, have been drug, drug addicts. And they needed a change in their lives. And in this community, they found uh, salvation. But, you know, it's hard because it's a mental thing. Because it's part of the process to wash minds, play with feelings and mental health. Yeah, because I think, I don't remember precisely if it was in this cult, but I think, yeah, in many cults, 
leaders uh, force their followers to work a lot, mm-hmm. sometimes too much, for them to be well exhausted and to not think too much. And at the end, it also contributes to washing the yes, mind of people. Yes, and the members uh, were working to help each other and maybe didn't notice about Jim Jones' personality. Who knows? I know. But I have another example, and this example to cult or sect is hardest, I think, comparing to the another one, because in people temples, they didn't have reports to sexuality abuse, but in Children of God, they have this kind of reports. And step by step, what is Children of God? Children of God were a radical and American evangelical group whose young people were to capture the word for Jesus. This sect was a religious sect. The leader was David Berg, an unconventional preacher who founded the group on the beaches of California in the late 1960s, specifically in 1978, which at first consisted of young runaways and hippies. This church would evolve into the children of God, which at one point counted 15,000 members around the world. The church believed in group living and zealous proselytizing, and soon free to include hundreds of communes. Members of these communities could be insulated as they didn't work or send their children to school. They live all together in freedom, kind of freedom. Berg's church melded worship of Jesus with existing era free love and preached a fairly standard cult leader prophecy. The apocalypse was coming and soon. Then time dominated the religious beliefs of children of God. This was the specific day, according to, Bo- to Berg, that the world would end and Christ would return. Berg uh, said to his followers that the end of the world would be in 1993. And for that, his followers lived day per day. They didn't have a project to the future because it was, okay, we have, I don't know, 10 years or 20 years for leave because in 1993 the apocalypse is here blah 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 I don't know how people believe in this kind of things well it was in the future so who knows what will happen in the future <laughs> yes if we say okay maybe the apocalypse will be in 2079 yeah we I live uh, we have lived uh, a lot of apocalypses because I remember in 2000s, the world um, was ending and yeah. we are here. Oh. And 2012, another apocalypse, but we are here. Okay. We survived. Yeah, we survived apocalypse. The cult earned notoriety for its sexual practice, which includes what Berg dubbed flirty fishing. This kind of flirty fishing is so strange and it, when I read about flirty fishing uh, I was I don't know how to describe in English but it was okay how one person can send people to do that because in flirty fishing Berg ordering female followers 
to have sex with men in order to bring them into the cult. Uh, one of the Brent's daughters uh, said in 1997 that it was a um, kind of religious prostitution. Yeah, and in all this, it's just for bringing new members. Yeah, and in, in 1979, David Berg reported that this kind of flirty fishers had added 19,000 members to the group's ranks. It's a lot of people. It's so crazy. Do you know that Joaquin Phoenix's family and himself were part of this church? No. Yes, but, but he was part, and he told to Vanity Fair that um, the introduction of the free fishing policy drove his parents to leave the group because the, the Joaquin Phoenix parents decided not to be part the, okay, in this kind yeah. of prostitution. Yeah. And they decide to, to leave the group. And his mother said that at the beginning it was hard because they were, they were living a lot of years in, inside the community and they felt at the beginning alone in the world. Yeah, yeah, all the, all the testimonies that I read hmm. and listened about people who left a cult or sect, it's very difficult to reacclimate to the normal world, if you can say that, because they almost never have been to the real world, so they don't know how to react, what to do. But I think maybe for these people, it was uh, more about the religious thing, because there are a lot of religious people. And then, but this, this flirty fishing, it's above just religious things. So maybe it's... Yes. Um, some in the court reportedly extended its sexual policies, policies to children, allegedly permitting and even encouraging child sex abuse. Berg himself was accused of sexually abusing young girls, including his daughters and granddaughters. Is member of this church because I watched a documentary about a family, Padilla family, and they told in this documentary uh, they had several rules written by Berg, and they say that they couldn't decide how many cups of tea or coffee they could drink per day or how many wipes they used to clean their asses. And if they couldn't decide for these things, it's normal they accept all the best rules. Yeah, I think, again, it's related to the, what we told a little bit before about mind control and washing the brain of everyone. They don't think clearly anymore. They just follow orders. Mm. But who is David Berg and how did he create this chart? David Berg uh, was born in California on February 18, 1919. And like his father, become a minister for the Christian and Missionary Alliance being posted or at Valley Farm in Arizona. Berg was temporarily separated from the organization due to the difference in his teachings. In his Berg sermons, he argued that the expulsion was due to his initiative for greater racial diversity among his congregation. David Berg, also known as King David, Moses David, Father David, Dad, or Grandfather by members of the Children of God, in 
1948, founded the new religious movement called Organization, known as the Children of God, and more forward as the Family of the Love or the Family, and currently they called the International Family. Berg and his group live in the following countries, among others, the United States, the United Kingdom, France, Spain, South Africa, Philippines, Japan, Canada, Portugal, and Ecuador. David Berg died in 1994, and at that time of his death, he was under investigation from both Interpol and FBI, and his wife, Karen Servi, inherited leadership. I watched a documentary about their son, where he recorded suicide video, suicide note, and he explained that he couldn't understand how his own mother could permit um, people in the congregation, could abuse him, and it's hard because all of people, after to leave to congregation, they decide to suicide. Because it, for a child, for a child is to grow up in this kind of thing is hard. I can't understand these thoughts. In 2004, the church again changed the name to the Family International. I say again because initially they called things, things for Christ, then Children of God, and finally Family International. And in the years following Berg's death, the group released many of, of its demands of its followers in an apparent attempt to boast declining membership. Followers are now allowed to live in private homes and work outside of the cult. In 2009, the leaderships announced that they no longer believed to apocalypse yeah. to be imminent. Yeah, because if it was planned to be in 1993 mm -hmm. and in 2009 there was still no apocalypse who yes. is coming, they were like, okay, maybe if we're still announcing the fact that there is an apocalypse which is going to be soon, people will not believe us anymore. So uh -huh. let's say, okay, no. Yes, this reminds me of a sect from Russian and they, I don't remember the year, but the leader decided that the apocalypse was soon and they decided to live with his followers in a cave to survive the apocalypse, or, I don't know. And uh, I remember 2007 and he told his followers that apocalypse will be in 2008 and when the followers were inside the cave, two of them died and part of the group decided to leave the cave because it's not a great thing to live with two bodies, death bodies. And after 2008, the rest of the group uh, was like, okay, the apocalypse is not here. We are living in a cave for no reason and they decide to leave. But we have a lot of religions around the world and maybe for us it's kind of sect of course but for the governments is catalogued how religions for example do you have um i don't know if it's categorized as religions but yeah for example i have two examples one very famous the other maybe a little bit less i don't know so the first one is the jehovah's witnesses Mm -hmm. So, which are very famous, I think. Mm -hmm. 
And so Jehovah's Witnesses is a millenarian restorationist Christian denomination with non-Trinitarian beliefs distinct from mainstream Christianity. The group reports a worldwide membership of approximately 8.7 million adherents involved in evangelism and an annual memorial attendance of over 17 million. And the group's position regarding consensus objecting to military service and refusal to salute state symbols like national anthems and flags has brought it into conflict with some governments. Consequently, some Jehovah's Witnesses have been persecuted and their activities are banned or restricted in some countries. Persistent legal challenges by Jehovah's Witnesses has, have influenced legislation related to civil rights in several countries. And the organization has received criticism regarding biblical translation, doctrines and alleged coercion of its members. The Watchtower Society has made various unfulfilled predictions about major biblical events such as Christ's second coming, the advent of God's kingdom, and Armageddon. Their policies for handling cases of child sexual abuse have been the subject of various formal inquiries. So this is basically hmm. who are the Jehovah's Witnesses. But this is one of the sects. There is many sex occults like this. And at the beginning, it's just a religious group of people that reinterpret for this case, for example, the Bible. Mm -hmm. So they are, they are not uh, saying the same thing. They are saying that the Bible is saying this thing contrary to the dominant thing, the Christian thing. Yes, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but I think they have a lot of duties. I mean, um, for example, if uh, a Jehovah's Witness is in the hospital, he or she can't use blood for another person yeah. because it's, if they are sick, it's God things and they can't to do anything. Yeah, I read about it too. Mm -hmm. And when they have, I don't know, when they are adolescents, they start to go to spread their religions door by door and it's, um, it's a duty. It's not free. Everybody have to do these kind of things. Yeah. And for me, it's a little right. hard because if I believe or if I have beliefs and I want to spread these beliefs, it's because I want. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. nobody tell me, you need to do this. Or to, you need to tell somebody that our religion is the best or whatever. But yeah, I think these are the two things why we know some things about the Jehovah's Witnesses. It's the refusal of military service mm -hmm. and the refusal of donating blood or, or having blood for, for another from another person, even if it's a situation of life and death. Mm -hmm. If some of the members of the Jehovah's Witnesses is dying, and if he can be saved by other people's blood, he will not be saved because the, the other members will say, no, he cannot have other people's uh, blood. In this religion, they don't believe in Jesus Christ, right? Like they are waiting for... Uh, um, 
I don't know precisely. What I know is, like I said at the beginning, they are non-Trinitarian, which means that they don't believe in the three things of God sacred in yes, Christian religion. They, they don't believe in the Son of God. In yeah. Jesus Christ, yes. It's the basis of Christian religion, but Jehovah's Witnesses, even if they are considered themselves like Christian, mm -hmm. they are not believing in this. It's one of the difference. Yes, and what about the Mormons? Well, Mormonism is a religious tradition and theology of the late Latter-day Saint Latter -day. movement of Restorationist Christianity, started by Joseph Smith in western New York in the 1820s and 30s, and the word Mormon originally derived from the Book of Mormon, a religious text published by Smith. As a label, Mormonism has been applied to various aspects of the Latter-day Saint movement. A historian, Sidney Alstrom, wrote in 1982, one cannot even be sure whether Mormonism is a sect, a mystery cult, a new religion, a church, a people, a nation, or an American subculture. Indeed, at different times and places, it is all of this. However, scholars and theologians within the Latter-day Saint movement, including Smith, has often used Mormonism to describe the unique teachings and doctrines of the movement. Mormons self-identify as Christian, but some non-Mormons consider Mormons to be non-Christian because some of their beliefs differ from some of the Nicene Christianity. Mormons believe that Christ's church was restored through Joseph Smith and is guided by living prophets and apostles. Mormons believe in the Bible as well as other books of scripture such as the Book of Mormon. They have a unique view of cosmology and believe that all people are literal spirit children of God. Mm. So it's quite like I said before, they consider themselves as Christians mm. and they have their own interpretation about the Bible, but they consider la themselves like Christian. But as the opposite side, the Christians, the, yeah. the big, I don't know how to call but the Christian in general, consider Mormons sometimes like non-Christian because they don't believe the Christ in the same way. Yes, and they don't want to link with this kind of yeah. religion. And it's like, okay, they, are, they aren't Christians. Yeah. But inside the Christians, there are a lot of ways different. There are a lot of different religions. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not expert say. in all that in no, religion in general. So what we are saying is what we read about. So I wish we didn't offend anyone. And yeah, nobody is an expert in religion. So it's important. Fact. Yes, I went to a Catholic school, but I don't know anything about religion or Christianism or Catholicism. Or, I don't know. It's too hard to explain because they have a lot of different things but for me it's all the same and but uh, finally the bible or the um, different religions have the same message but people yeah. misunderstanding and they interpret to different but it, the i think the main message is love and help each other We cannot finish this program without mentioning the Scientology and his two more famous members, Tom Cruise and John Travolta. 
What is Scientology? Scientology is a set of beliefs and practice invented by American author Ron Hubbard. He was a sci-fi writer, part of the religionist crazy thing about ovnis and extraterrestrials, extraterrestrial cultures. And for me, it's strange how people believe in these kind of things. But you know in the world there are a lot of things Scientology followers believe that a human is an immortal spiritual spiritual being called Thetan Thetan or Thetan or I don't know that is resident in a physical body the Thetan has had innumerable past life lives and it is observed in advance and in secret. Scientology tests that lies preceding the Titans' arrival on Earth were lived in extraterrestrial cultures. Scientology doctrine states that any Scientologist undergoing auditing, because in the Scientologist they have a lot of course when the followers can to learn about their religion, but they need to pay uh, a big amount of money for learn about their own religion. And in this kind of audition, we'll eventually come across and recount a common series of events. Part of these events include reference to an extraterrestrial life form called Zeru. The secret Scientology texts say this was a ruler of a confederation of planets 70 million years ago who brought billions of aliens begins to Earth and then killed them with thermonuclear weapons. Can you imagine that? Thermonuclear weapons 70 million years ago? Yes, it's crazy thing. For that, I said before, he was a sci-fi breather because it's a perfect script to a sci-fi movie. Scientology, despite being considered by its members as a religion, in Spain, for example, is considered a religion, but in France, not. Because it's a business. For me, it's a business, not a religion. How someone can believe if a extraterrestrial comes to the Earth? I don't know. <laughs> there are, inside the Scientology, there are a lot of famous members. Um... One of the most representative members of Scientology in Hollywood is Tom Cruise. According to the actor, his Scientological practice have helped him cure his dyslexia. After years of psychiatric therapy, he could not get anywhere. Thanks to his achievements as a representative of the beliefs of Ron Howard, Cruz has received the Medal of Freedom from Scientology and award given to the highest position of this institution. Cruz has been involved in a multitude of controversies related to his beliefs. The author has actively attacked secretly, calling it pseudoscience and had a real run-in with actress Brooke Charles, who confessed to having taken medi mediation to deal with his depressions postpartum. In addition, their love life has been surrounded by suspicion and controversy due to the, their intentions to turn their partners into Scientologists. Another case is John Travolta. 
The author is one of the highest ranking members of the religion, being a speaker for the church, getting to speak about the Scientological costumes at the Keynes Films Festival without being asked about it. Some former members of the church assure that Travolta has his own networks of mafias that pull strings in and out of Scientology, hiding some controversies that have involved the actor in several cases of sexual abuse of measures in 2000 and 2012, such as an as the bulletin reporter, the actor has also been involved in several power struggles with Tom Cruise. In 2000, Travolta started a movie about Scientology beliefs, and this movie was a fiasco. I think it's one of the worst movies on Travolta starring. And another member, um, famous, nowadays, because she is the main character in the TV show The Hangman's Tale, is Elizabeth Moss. And she has also worked on other big-name television projects such as Mad Men. The actress grew up in the Scientologist family and has defended her beliefs on occasion, taking to social networks to clarify certain comparisons between the fictional government of the Handmaid's Tale and her faith. Because in Handmaid's Tale, after a war civil, the winners create... Um, kind of community like a sect and her character is the rebel girl that she is fighting against this kind of sect and in the real life she is part of is a member of Scientology's religion and it's controversial thing but you know she is working in the series it's not her life do you have something to add in this controversial and strange program no i think it's okay but i have still some uh, ideas about well it's between sects and cults and also a uh, complotist theory yes some of us, some of the volunteers have already done a program about conspiracy theories. Yes, because I think inside the sect and cult there are a lot of conspiracy theories, dark things, yeah. strange things. It's, uh, for me, I like so much this kind of topics because... There are, uh, on internet, there are a lot of documentaries and we, in this program, we only mention three or four sects and two religions, but there are a lot of, a lot of, a lot of more. And, and we only say a little things about this kind of cults, but if you want to know more, you can Look on internet and you find different documentaries, articles, series, movies, and it's so interesting. And I think it's enough for today. We'll be, be here next week because in this month of June, Lucas and me, we are the main host of cultural program. Maybe you don't like our voices, but whatever, all the months we are here. And we don't have more to add, and I wish you have a, a good week, a good day, and 
a good life. Bye. Bye.